Conversation, rock and more. It's back to the arena. The interviews. Hello again, everybody. It is me, DC. Back for another podcast. Back to the arena. The interviews. As we have a little break uh, because of the holidays, we are going to go back for the next couple episodes and play some of our retro interviews uh, that were done uh, either in 2021 or 2022. We want you guys to hear uh, all of this great music that we've been playing on the syndicated radio show, Back to the Arena, and some of the great conversations that maybe you missed out on hearing. And today we are going to talk with Danny Rexon, the lead singer from the band Crazy Licks. Now, they have a new album coming out in 2024, but on this instance, we talked with Danny about their album Street Lethal, which came out November 5th of 2021. And we're going to replay that interview on Back to the Arena. The interviews, it's coming up right after the break, so stick around. It's Back to the Arena. The interviews with DC the DJ. There are a lot of bands that we play on the show from Sweden. But if there was one band that always takes me back to those glory days of hair metal in the 80s, it would be Crazy Licks. And right now I am joined by Danny Rexon, singer for the band, uh, welcome to Back to the Arena, Danny. Thank you very much. You guys uh, have put out killer album after killer album, and the new Street Lethal CD uh, is definitely the cream of the crop. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, well, we, we, we hope to, to do better each time, but you never know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the first single and video just may be uh, our best song of the year when we do our end of the year countdown. Uh, tell me about uh, the song and video for Anthem for America. Well, yeah, awesome. First of all, glad you like it because we didn't quite know how the U.S. crowd would would uh, take it in. Of course, it is a bit of you know criticism against the U.S., but I think that a lot of people understand where we're coming from. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, the U.S. was such a big inspiration. It was you know all the cool stuff was coming from from you guys, uh, whether it was you know cartoons or movies and, and music and uh, comic books and all that. You know, growing up in Sweden, I was exposed to a lot of American culture and I loved every bit of it. So it saddens me a bit that 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 seems to have gone away in some sense. You know, uh, in some ways, the U.S. is even you know the laughing stock of, of the rest of the world and. Uh, you know, the leadership on 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 either side is questionable. You know, yeah. and it, it's just it, it seems like a d- divided country. And we just, you know, I wanted to think back to the times when it when it felt like the U.S. was in the forefront of of like you know youth culture and and uh, freedom and rock and roll and all that you know stuff that goes with it. So we wanted to do something uh, to kind of remind the U.S. audience that there was once a time where you had this and, it, and it's gone away. And I think it's up to the youth to bring it back and not squabble about, you know, cancel culture and, and all that other stuff that the U S seems to be exporting these days, which I frankly feel uh, is not what I remember the U S. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely not wrong with the division and, and, and the music, you know, we, like you said, we had all the music in, in the eighties and, and into the nineties. And now, now you guys have all the music and we we're have to go uh, across the, the yeah. planet to, to hear some good rock and roll. I mean, we're just 10 million people in Sweden, so we're doing what we can, but uh, uh, you know, ultimately <laughs> it's uh, I think it, it, the ball needs to go back to the, to, to, to your court. And, and uh, I think 
there's still time to, of course, you know, uh, rewind the clock and do something good because somewhere along the way it was lost. It's undoubtedly the case that rock is no longer the mainstream music. You don't hear it in the radio anymore. And it's, yeah. it's a bit sad because, you know, for, for odd 50 years or so, it was the dominant uh, style. Of, of course, evolving all the time into different things, but still there, still one of the main mainstream forces. Whereas now kids grow up without without hearing it at all on, on any mainstream outlets. So yeah. it's sad. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's cyclical. Hopefully it does come back. And, and that's kind of what the, the, the name of the show back to the arena is about is, you know, getting this rock and roll back to the arena yeah. and uh, bringing it to the forefront. Awesome. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. My favorite line, um, of course, in that song and the whole album, which is, you know, so true and so sad um, was somebody pulled the plug around 1993. I love that line, even though, like I said, it's it's sad that it's true. Yeah, yeah. People always ask me, "What what exactly are you thinking of?" And I I have to say that it was you know, I chose ninety three because it rhymes with the the next phrase, so it could have been ninety four <laughs> or ninety two. But somewhere around that time, I remember that something uh, you know happened. A lot of people blame grunge for it, but I would say that the grunge is just a reaction to the whole kind of genre being too commercialized and and uh, in a way there had to be a reaction to it. So, so uh, I, I used to blame grunge a lot for the decline, but I think that they, uh, that, that it was a natural reaction to what was happening. I, I tend to blame like the commercial forces behind it more because when they abandoned rock, uh, since it was so dependent on, on the corporate money uh, from that time, when it abandoned rock for another genre, there was no, there was nothing to keep it alive anymore and, and went underground again and never saw the kind of big, you know, commercial success that it once had. So uh, I could have chosen a different year, but certainly there was something happening around that time, which right. changed a lot. Uh, and I remember it clearly when I, when I grew up because I was, you know, in my early teens at, at, at the moment. Yeah. And it rhymed, like you said, so it worked out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get MTV in there just just to, you know, such such a great music outlet at the time and such a, you know, total failure. I, I don't know if, if they even had any any broadcasting anymore, but, you know, in the end, it was just yeah. awful. Well, you know, the video could definitely be placed back in, uh, you know, a Headbangers Ball era uh, with Ricky Rackman. I could definitely see it being played yeah. on there because uh, it's definitely qualifies for that definitely. style. I would, I would love to see Beavis and Butthead uh, complain about <laughs> stuff in our video and laugh at us. That would be great. This song is an anthem. It is an anthem for America. Crank it up. It's Crazy Licks Music, and we'll have more with Danny right here on Back to the Arena, the interviews.
with Danny Rexon coming up on Back to the Arena, the interviews right after this. We are back talking with Danny Rexon from the singer Crazy Licks. Now, this is an interview I did with Danny back uh, in late 2021 talking about their album Street Lethal. Let's pick it back up. Danny, uh, after you released the song Anthem for America, uh, then you released the single Reach Out. Uh, tell me a little bit about that song. That, that song is a bit odd because it's uh, actually mostly done by external songwriters. I had some inputs into the lyrics and some arrangements, but most of the music was written for us. Uh, but I, I feel that it felt like it, it fit the vibe very well for the album. Uh, and I don't think that, you know, a lot of fans would particularly maybe pick out that it wasn't written by the rest of the band. So I still f- feel like it, it belongs within the Crazy Lick sound, but it, it definitely moves away a bit. It's it's like, you know, probably the most towards uh, the AOR or softer rock, you know, that we had on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I enjoy albums that have a wide variety within the same genre. So I, I don't think it's a problem, but um, and we chose that as the second single uh, just to show kind of the width of the album. Yeah. Well, the second video uh, that you guys did, Rise Above, another great killer track. Uh, video, you know, is straight up 80s style video. The band, Hot Girls, great rock and roll. Yeah. Tell me about that one. Yeah, you know, for me, all those movies that I talked about earlier, we were uh, very influenced by like martial arts movies and, and street fighter movies from, from that era. Uh, and they all featured like uh, you know training montages that were accompanied by some kind of rock music. So we wanted to do something uh, along those lines. Um, and of course, it's the opening track for the album, so it sets the mood for for the album quite quite a bit with the also the instrumental intro that's that's replicated in the solo as well with the kind of Asian melodies. So um, you know when we do an album, we try to get inspired by some kind of theme. We don't do like a concept album, but we have a theme that we try to stick to. And the theme for this one was, of course, this hypothetical kind of you know '80s martial arts fighting movie uh, that we kind of made up in our heads. So we tried to do stuff that would fit into that movie. And I'm, I'm imagining like Rise Above would be like the the last battle uh, where where the hero has to kind of win the final competition and go on to the end of, of it all. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, I showed my wife a couple of your videos when I was telling her I was going to talk to you and she, she loves the eighties, you know, rock skid row, Motley Crue, all that stuff. And doesn't really listen to any of the quote unquote melodic rock, you know, that we, that we play on this show. But when I played her the two videos, uh, she said the same thing that I said is that it could definitely you could actually be an 80s band that uh, she really liked it so that, you know, she gave you the thumbs up on that for whatever that's yeah, yeah. worth. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we tried to do, I, I I used to say, you know, we tried to do the same stuff that they did in the 80s, but on one hundredth of the budget that they used to have. So, yeah. you know, technology has gone quite, quite a bit, so we can manage to do stuff that we're, you know, would cost a lot an arm and a leg back in the day but um there's definitely not as much money in this genre so we're we're, we're doing a lot a lot of the stuff ourselves as for the videos uh, all the props and and uh, you know some of the filming i cut and edit the movie the, the videos myself so we keep a lot of the stuff within the band and i think that also helps to get the vision you know clear because it's it's not always easy to find people that are so kind of into the retro 80s culture uh that we are so you know when you work with with outside producers you have to have them on the same track because uh 
uh, if they don't share that same vision, it can collide and, and the, the final outcome won't be as good as you envision it from, from the start. Yeah. Well, speaking of retro, I have to ask about the glasses uh, you wore in the Rise Above video. What's the story on those? Uh, actually, uh, you know, the algorithm is the story because I was just, you know, surfing the web and suddenly there they were uh, suggested to me by the almighty Google some way uh, <laughs> the algorithm had picked up that, that I would very much like a pair of those glasses. And I just instantly pressed buy and went all through, you know, paid with the, the credit card and everything. Uh, I wasn't planning on having them for any special occasion. I just knew that I had to have them. And they ended up in the video, and I will probably be using them uh, live as well, at least for a track or two. Uh, they're they're a bit hard to see through, uh, so uh, I'm not sure how I'll be able to to cope with them on stage because it's quite dark there. But but we'll see. I, I just think that they look very cool for for that, and they definitely help to establish the vibe of the '80s. Yeah. Well, one final song I wanted to ask you about. Uh, one of my favorites on the album, "One Fire, One Goal." What can you tell me about that one? Well, um, you know, quite similar, I would say, in the in the style to Reach Out is also one of the more melodic songs. And it's also uh, a song that we've had a couple of external songwriters uh, joining in as well. Um, so uh, it just so happened that the melodic songs on this album were, were actually taken from outside. I focused more on the kind of rockier stuff uh, this time around. Um, you know, lyrically, it's also uh, revolves around the theme of the martial arts movie. So, so there's, you know, the, the one goal, of course, is getting through towards the end and, and winning it all. And of course, you can see it all met metaphorically as well uh, with you know, struggles in your life in general. Um, so, yeah, I think it's also a, a, a nice song. And it, it seems like a lot of people have mentioned it already uh, without the album even being out. So, you know, reviewers and stuff. So I, I think it will be a popular track among the fans as well. We are going to play the song Rise Above from Crazy Licks. And I will have more with Danny Rexon right after we do a little rocking. I'm back to the arena of the interview.
Rise Above from Crazy Licks off of their album Street Lethal, as we are still talking with Danny Rexon about that album. Uh, Danny, you not only sing for the band, but you do a lot of the production. How has your skills changed over the years? Well, I started doing like uh, more and more of the production um, with, I would say, the latest lineup change. So that was uh, for the Rough Justice album where I did the full production. Uh, but we've always left the final mixing uh, to uh, another person. I think it's a good thing to to have another creative input towards the end. But once the mixing guy gets it, it's all all you know recorded and arranged, and everything is uh, like put uh, put into place. So they just do the final touches on it. Um, this time we used to be as Lindell, who's done like Crash Diet and, and Heat, for example, for, from Sweden as well. And I think that he updated the sounds towards a more modern take on a retro vibe, I would say. So it's still it's still quite 80s uh, in the in the style, but uh, more of what people would uh, you know expect from a modern sounding rock band today. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's I, I think the the you know I. I've I've learned a lot through the years, and and uh, I've come to the point now where I'm you know comfortable even doing productions, full productions for other artists, which which I done uh, started doing um, last year uh, with a full production and, and mixing for Shes Kane. So uh, that's definitely <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, and that was you actually led that perfectly into my next question. Uh, I was going to ask you about Ches Kane. Uh, how how did all that come about with uh, working with her and, and doing the work with her album? Yeah, well, I think that Frontiers uh, kind of uh, felt that I was mature enough uh, to to take on a project for myself. They asked me if I was interested in doing something apart from Crazy Licks. Uh, and I said that I wasn't interested in, in being in another band or being in a project where I was a member, but I would. I would be very happy to produce something for a solo artist um, and, and someone who wasn't established yet. Uh, so I said, you know, my only demand is that the, it will be a female vocalist and we'll do a kind of 80s rock uh, thing with more focus on the keyboards uh, and a female vocalist to keep it as different from Crazy Licks as possible. Because, you know, honestly, some of the songs on her album were, were you know, originally Crazy Licks demos. And I, I still feel that some of the songs would would fit on a Crazy Licks album. So we had to do something to kind of differentiate those. And, and the female vocals definitely were the last piece in that puzzle, uh, where I think that, that she stands on her own legs in a uh, very, very well. So uh, we wanted to do something along the lines of, of like 80s Heart or or Vixen or uh, Robin Beck or Soraya or something like that. Yeah, we had Jez on uh, back when the album first came out. And I, I told her then that Rocket on the radio would probably make it into our top 10. And it's I'm, I'm thinking it's still going to be there. It was one of, one of the great songs for 2021 that we played here on the show. Awesome. Yeah, I really like that. And that was actually a Chris Lynch demo from the start. So we felt like it was a bit too much on the like happy side. Uh, we're usually we do like minor key choruses in, in Chris Lynch. It's a bit more grittier. But uh, so so that was left out actually on. I think when we started talking about earlier demos for for this album, so I uh, I told the guys, well, I'll be using it for another product then, and I, maybe they maybe they regret it now because it's it's become quite popular. But I, I think she does it awesomely, so I I wouldn't have actually I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I think it's 
it's it's great on her album. Yeah, I mean, she does a lot of great things, not only on the album, but a lot of her cover videos uh, on YouTube are, yeah, are pretty yeah. amazing. So uh, yeah, I see some tour dates uh, on your website at crazylicks.com, but what, uh, how is 2022 yeah. shaping up for you guys? Is there any chance of a USA visit? Well, you're, you're seeing some tour dates, and I can say that we have a lot more tour dates, but they're so afraid of announcing them now. Uh, most venues have, have you know, announced and canceled four or five times now. So uh, we have more in the plans. Uh, what I can say for certain is that we're heading to the U.S. in February to play the Monsters Rock Cruise, yeah. which, of course, isn't technically in the U.S., but it's like for, you know, for the U.S. audience. But I realize that it's quite difficult for most people to see that. Um, we had plans for the U.S. already on the last tour, uh, which got scrapped due to the pandemic. So we'll be picking up from there. Uh, we hope to have something that we can do after the summer, uh, so ne next year, uh, next fall, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, you never know. The, the pandemic is still very much real in some countries, at least, and you never know, you know, new waves and stuff. So um, we're, we're, uh, we're hoping for the best, but we, uh, we're, we're also, uh, I'm also noticing a lot of anxiety from from like uh, venues and, and booking agents that they're they're uh, hesitant to announce too much because yeah. you know the situation is still a bit uncertain yeah it definitely sucks <laughs> I, I wish things could yeah. go back to That's some go back to 1993 <laughs> oh definitely there was there was nothing to worry yeah. about that back then you could just travel the world and you know play wherever yeah. Do you have any other projects planned uh, for 2022, whether it be Crazy Licks or something else? Well, I'm doing, uh, we announced it just the other week. Uh, we're doing this, the follow-up for Shizkade because the first album was very successful. So cool. we're, we're working on that and we're quite a bit uh, along in the process, actually. So we're hoping for a release before the summer of next year. Uh, so quite fast between her albums. But I... I uh, I feel I'm on a I'm on a roll, and you know, writing music for her is uh, really uh, tons of fun, and and also you know, producing. Uh, that's that's where I get an opportunity to learn some new stuff and try some new stuff. That's when you sit in in the in the studio and you know, produce something uh, for real. So, uh, yeah, uh, that'll be what I will be focusing on. You know, apart from touring, uh, right. whenever possible, yeah. of course. But you never know about these things. So, you know, excluding Crazy Licks music and, and Ches Kane music, for that matter, uh, who who are you listening to these days? What uh, what do you put on when you're driving in the car? Well, I have my oldies, of course, all the old stuff from the 80s and 90s. But when it comes to the newer music, uh, I very much enjoy a Swedish band called Night Flight Orchestra, which I think the, they put out two or three really great albums. Uh, they're a bit more like, I would say, disco-oriented rock. It reminds me a bit like Kiss on the Dynasty uh, okay. album. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, I would very much recommend it. Very good melodic rock, uh, but but with a certain 70s touch to it, uh, which is un uncommon for me because I don't listen to a lot of that stuff otherwise. But I think they nailed very well. Of course, I checked out the, the new album by uh, another Swedish band called Nestor uh, that was released just the other day. Uh, also trying, they're, they're they're trying the same thing as we are, very much retro um, vibes. And they were actually a band back in 1989 when they were still kids. Uh, and they've done 
you know, they had to put the band uh, to rest and then they brought it back now uh, this year uh, and put out a, a really good debut album. So uh, that's also something I'm listening to at the moment. All right, cool. So before I let you go, I got to ask you a, a silly question. If you could go back to the 80s and set up a four-band dream tour with you guys, uh, who would the other three bands be and why? Well, uh, if it is to promote, I would, of course, pick just bigger bands. Uh, I would love to go with Kiss in the 80s. I, for one, think it's my, one of my favorite bands starting, but also I think that, that that period for Kiss was the best one. I know that the real, true Kiss fans uh, don't ever, uh, you know, acknowledge the 80s period. I think that Crazy Nights and, and Hot in the Shade are probably yeah. the best albums. So uh, if I could go on tour with them, let's say we put the tour in 89, and we take uh, Kiss from from the Hot in the Shade era, and we take Mötley Crüe just released uh, Doctor Feelgood, uh, and then we I don't know maybe uh, Aerosmith they just released Pump in that year that would be a good lineup. I think. All right, so you're going you're going with big but, bands, but you know, <laughs> yeah, we would obviously be the smallest one, but on the other hand, we'll we'll, we'll be seen by a lot of people who are going for the other bands, so it'd be. A good promotional tool yeah. for us. You're not the only one that's told me uh, that said Crazy Nights is their favorite Kiss album. So uh, I'm w- I'm with you. You know, Heaven's on Fire. I'll, you know, yeah. all those songs from from the '80s. Uh, yeah. I definitely would rather listen to those than uh, Detroit Rock City over and over again. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. I mean, the old stuff right. is good, but I, I've heard it a bazillion yeah. times. So I, I think it's. Sometimes yeah. a bit overrated. Well, I appreciate your time, Danny. Um, best of luck with the new album. Uh, everybody can get more information, like I said, at your website, crazylicks.com. Uh, they can also uh, get you on Facebook at Crazy Licks. And I had your Instagram, but I don't have it written down. What was is your Instagram is different than Facebook? Correct? No, it's, it's, it's Crazy Licks as well. Yeah. Okay, Facebook and Instagram word. at Crazy Licks. So, um, again, best of luck with the new album and the tour. Hopefully you can make it over here to the States. And uh, thanks for talking to us here on Back to the Arena. Thank you very much. One more song from Crazy Licks. Now this is Reach Out off of the Street Lethal album. I'm back to the arena of the interviews.
wrap up this retro interview that I did with Danny Rexon of Crazy Licks back in 2021. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. We have great interviews lined up for 2024. And, of course, every now and again, we throw one of these retro interviews into the mix. And I thank you for listening. I tell a friend about the great rock and great conversation that you hear on Back to the Arena, the interviews. We'll see you next time. Click subscribe and catch the next episode of Back to the Arena, the interviews. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In To Sound Wellbeing today.